Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? It's your boy, JP, and we are here back with Views from the Porch, and I am with you. You are never going to guess who, guys, who is in the studio today. It is the David Marvin. That's right. Drum roll. Drum roll, please. (laughs) And Elena Haas. Hey, guys. What are we talking about today, David? We are talking about everyone's favorite thing, conflict. Ice cream. Oh. Well, conflict and ice cream. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. What's love your favorite it. ice cream? Uh, Bluebell, hands down. There's... No, I'm lying. Okay, because I did find this thing. Uh, have y'all been to like the nitrogen ice cream? No. It's frozen right in front of you. It sounds gimmicky. They like It starts liquid. They freeze it right in front of you. It's actually the, the best ice cream. It's creamy. Uh, there's something about being frozen fast that makes it creamier. This has nothing to do with conflict. Feels un-American. Hey, is now, now we're talking conflict. Yeah, you're and, hey, you're un-American. Okay, wow. Like, let me let me see your birth certificate. Oh, okay, wow. Let me see your birth certificate. Man, you're the guy coming in with nitrogen ice cream. That's communism if I've ever heard it. Am I right? <laughs> Kami. All right, Kami. <laughs> Let's talk about conflict. Kami style, not at all style, biblical style. And just it, conflict at Watermark is a thing that we emphasize as a staff all the time. I think you we're know, like always, man. You guys should get into conflict. Yeah, we yeah, want we more conflict. Encourage. No, that's not at all the case. But we talk about uh, how to resolve conflict constantly. And even one of the phrases that's used is like conflict is a constant opportunity. So let's talk about that for a little bit. What does that mean? Because most people probably have this inclination that conflict is a bad thing. I want to avoid it at all costs. And I want it out of every relationship that I have. And it's a bad thing. Conflict is an absolute thing. And so conflict is a reality that we live in because of Genesis 3. Not everything's smooth. I'm just meaning the fall because sin entered the world. Relationships are messy. All relationships are messy. Healthy relationships are not marked by people not conflicting. Healthy relationships are marked by people having the ability to resolve conflict. And so in any real relationship that you have, conflict will be there as an absolute. Now, if there's more conflict surrounding you than most people, you need to audit and say, hey, you may be the problem. You may be the common denominator. But in reality, conflict is not a bad thing. It is an opportunity, and we need to learn to resolve conflict. And most people have no idea. Like they have no, they've never intentionally put forth any thought into how do I resolve conflict. And so it's just like if you think about conflict like an explosion, and you can imagine somebody like coming out of a grocery store or out of a mall saying, bomb, there's a bomb in there. Everybody's going to be running away from that mall, away from that grocery store. Uh, nobody wants to be around the explosion, except you're going to see this trained SWAT force Navy SEAL special ops person in their gear moving toward that bomb because they've been trained to disarm that bomb. And this is really what the scripture does for us is it trains us to resolve conflict. Which is huge because no other place really provides training in life on how to resolve conflict. That's true. You, we go to school, college, grad school. Uh, usually you don't have parents who model it. So you're not going to learn this for most people outside of knowing and studying the scriptures and applying them to your life. And so today we're going to talk about what God's word has to say about conflict and resolving conflict. So let's talk through some of the practical steps to resolving a conflict 
if uh, you're in a conflict with someone who is uh, in your community group or a friend or relationship, what are some of the steps? Let's just, well, let's define conflict. So this is uh, where you have a disagreement with somebody. Uh, typically, you leave that situation. It's replaying in your head. You're driving down the road. You're taking a shower. You're having conversations in your head. Uh, you you feel yourself getting angry at that person. You do not appreciate their their view. You hate that they disagree with you. You want to convince them that you're right. You know, you're, that, that is usually the goal, the objective in conflict. For me to convince you that I'm right and you're wrong and I need to get you to see the world or see the problem as I do. And if you just saw it like I did, then everything would be okay. And so if we can identify that as, hey, that's not the right way to go about it. That's that's what a conflict is. And so what I really need to do is um, I need to go to you. I need to express the hurt. Hey, this is, this is the problem that I have with what you're saying, with what you're doing, with what you've done. I need to talk to you, not about you. I need to talk to you. I don't need to vent to somebody else, not even my spouse, not even someone in my family, not even a close friend. Oh, but I'm just venting. I'm just, man, David made me so angry the other day and what he said. I just, hey, let me just bounce this off of you to see if, if you think I need to go talk to David. No, don't do that. The scripture says, go to that person and talk to that person. And so I like to think about it like a, a, like a ring, like a boxing ring, you know? And, um, and it, between brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ, like people who love God, um, you, you stay in the ring with them and Which you work to resolve it. It's huge. I mean, it is a, uh, what's that book? Tolerated Sins. Uh, gossip was one of the tolerated sins that uh, I'm blanking on the author's name, but that is an epidemic in the church right now. I mean, it, and it is one of those things that even uh, respectable is, sins, respectable sins. You're right. Is even as much as we hit on it here, it's a tension that if you don't constantly address the fact that hey, I talk to people, not about people. I talk to people, not about people. Then we all drift towards hey, we be be a friend to me and be a thought partner. Let me tell you about what X person did. And so, how do I? Let me let me ask you this because here's a genuine question. Let's say that, um, you know, my friend Kyle hurt me and I'm trying to wonder how do I know my own part in this? Or I'm at a place where, um, I'm wondering, um, if I'm, if it's understandable that I'm hurt by this. So I come to you and I, I ask you, cause you know, we're around each other and I just say, Hey JP, here's the situation. I'm not going to share who did this, but, but here's what he said. And when he said that, um, is it wrong, in other words, for me to come and to vent without using the person's name? Or not vent, but um, process, because I think most people would say process more than they would vent. Vent sounds like too dangerous. Yeah. You, you asked, I'm going to come, I'll make sure I answer that question, okay? Uh-huh. Um, you asked what are practical steps to resolve conflict. I want to make this really practical. Step one, you ready? Identify the conflict. Identify the source of conflict. Is it a conflict? What makes it a conflict? Is it a hurt? Is it something that happened to you? Is it something that you're a part of? Is it a disagreement? Like identify what the conflict is. Then ask yourself this question. Can I overlook it? Is it a small offense? Okay, can I, can I move on? And so as you're, before you talk to me about Kyle, you know what he did? Um, that was the name you used, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So before you talk to me about what Kyle did, just, just ask yourself, can I overlook it? And you say, well, how do I know if I can overlook it? It's kind of like when you eat something bad, you know, there's, there's like you eat something and you're like, man, that, that's not sitting well. You kind of have an idea. You get to this place where you're like, man, I'm going to see that again. That's coming back up. That's going to make me sick. Yeah. Same way with conflict. It's like, hey, can I like forgive Kyle and move on and not think about it? 
But if I come back and I think about it and I ask myself, should I talk to him about it? Should I talk to him? That second, should I talk to him about it is confirmation that you should talk to him about it. It's good. Okay. And so I don't need to talk to you about it. You don't need to talk to me about it. That, that second time you've come back and said, okay, should I talk to him about it? That absolutely means you should go back in there and say, hey, Kyle, when you did this, it hurt me. When you said this, it hurt me. When you went here, it hurt me. Hey, Kyle, I'm still sorting through my feelings, but I want you to know that I'm really bothered by something that you did. Okay. Now, as you go back to Kyle and you you kind of hinted towards this, uh, and the next step for you is what is my part in the conflict? Before I walk in front of him, I need to know what have I done? And sometimes people are like, man, I didn't do anything. I'm completely innocent. And I'll just say, man, are you sure if it's a hundred percent what is your percentage of the conflict? Just because you're a part of it, just because the hurt was at you, you're probably, there's something that you can own. And somebody has said once, you know, well, yeah, maybe 2%, maybe I'm 2% of it. I'm like, great, own 100% of your 2%. So identify what your 2% is, go to Kyle and say, hey, Kyle, I need you to know that when you did this, it hurt me. And before you address that, I need you to know that I, I did this, this 2%, you don't say that, but if it's 2%, hey, I want you to know I did this and I'm really sorry that I did this. Kyle, will you please forgive me for doing this? Okay. And I like to use the word, Will you forgive me? That's what I, I learned you know, here at Watermark uh, from Todd and from the scriptures. And um, I think there's power in that word when you, when you forgive somebody through that. And so that's, that's kind of step one through that process is you going to that person, uh, identifying what the conflict is, asking can you overlook it, identifying your part in it, and then going to them to talk about those things. I like it. So I heard overlook it if you can, own your part, and then only the only one that I would add is uh, just a, a little step further than what you said. Only address the way that they hurt you, the specific action that they had, and the emotion that it created within you. That uh, don't, uh, in other words, don't assign motive. This comes from Ken Sandy in that book, Peacemaking. With that, when I go to you and I address a hurt, I don't assign motive that hey, you always do this, and it's because you're jealous of you know the fact that that um, I have. I'm this tall or the fact that you just have never liked me or don't assign motive to what they did. Just say, Hey, when you said those words, it hurt me. When you did that action, it hurt me or it made me feel X and fill that in. So focus on only address their specific behavior and the emotional response in you. Don't address their character or don't attack their character. Don't attack and assign motive to them and focus on those things. Anything else you'd add on that? Or, I mean, push back if you disagree with that. No, I think that's good. I think that's great. Yeah, that, I mean, just also acknowledge your own tendency to get really worked up. And um, as you consider what your part in it, often when we're hurt, it's because someone has come after our idols, whether it's our reputation or something that we found identity in. And so that may be the thing that you can own. It's just like, hey, I think one of the reasons that I'm hurt by this is is because um, – you know, I feel like you've compromised an idol of mine. I just want to confess that. I want to say that out loud. That's good. What's the difference in reconciling conflict with someone who is a follower of Christ and not? I think that, you know, the the, the Christ follower, the Holy Spirit's at work in their heart. And so um, the, your expectations would be different for someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. And also you have a different... Uh, 
end in mind. I mean, for the Christ follower, the the goal is to be able to fellowship again with them, you know, in the body of Christ, in the church, to worship God together with them at peace. And to the unbeliever, um, you know, they're going to be unreasonable. You need to expect that. They should be unreasonable. They don't have the Holy Spirit in their life. So um, they, they're going to be angry, uh, the, you know, outrage, outbursts. Those things would be typical in that relationship without the Holy Spirit being at work. That's good. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that uh, Scripture, Jesus in Matthew chapter 18 lays out that there is a distinction to be made between resolving conflict with a, a believer, someone who's a part of the church and someone who's not. And he, he essentially says that, hey, if if uh, a person and you are in conflict and uh, you go and you point out their fault and they're a fellow believer and they continue to just reject it and you point out, hey, here's where the scripture says you're living inconsistently with what the scripture says, or here's where um, you send against me or you send against someone else. And I just want you to see that and talk through that with you. And if they just kind of stiff arm you, they give you the hand, they're like, talk to that. I don't want to talk to you. Then uh, you would bring someone, you'd widen the circle from there. And then eventually if they continue to just say, I don't care what God's word says, I don't want to live in accordance with that. Then you would eventually widen it to the church or their community group or their small groups, the people around them. And if they continue to reject even the counsel from God's word from that group, then you, Jesus says, treat them like you would a pagan or a tax collector. How did Jesus treat pagans or tax collectors? He loved them. And so it's not that you wouldn't care for someone. It's not that you have to cut them off. It's not that you have to cut them out of your life. You just, um, you treat, you don't hold them to the same standard that you're going to hold other people to. And specifically, you talked about the kingdom of heaven with them. And so our role in that would be to share the gospel with them, to, you know, facilitate potentially them having the Holy Spirit. And so uh, to walk through that step again, so the Matthew 18, step one, you go and you tell that person in private that that was the whole point of going just to them, not talking about them to someone else. If they don't listen to you, then you would take somebody with you at that point. Say, hey, maybe you'll listen to this person. I want you, maybe I'm misunderstanding. Uh, I'm bringing in a mediator, someone who can help me see the log in my eye. Uh, if 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 maybe I just have a blind spot here, and you have what you've done, what you've done shouldn't have hurt me. And so I'm bringing somebody with me, and if if they don't listen at that point, uh, you would go and you would incorporate the church, uh, which means a, a pastor, uh, the leader of your community group, someone from the church. Uh, you would want to widen the circle. This doesn't mean bringing them on stage on Sunday morning and saying, "Hey, I want you guys to know this. Did, this guy did this to me." That's not what church discipline is. But it's it's going to the church to help you mediate the problem. One thing you mentioned in the book, you're uh, so, you know, welcome to adulting, which is coming out. And uh, I think a month or two, it may even be out, honestly, by the time this podcast comes up, is negative, uh, I'm sorry, is the different conflict styles that we we all have. And, uh, and specifically, you bring up something called WEENIE, the acronym WEENIE, which uh, is something we've talked about a little bit at the porch before, but what is WEENIE and, um, and what does that even mean in terms of the different patterns that we have in conflict? Yeah, this is uh, an acronym that we've adapted and changed to Weenie to make it memorable. But yes, so the W, so this is how you respond to conflict. And so the W stands for withdrawal. Um, The uh, E stands for escalation. Um, 
the in is negative interpretation. So let me just go. So withdrawal, if you're the type of person where you're uh, conflict avoidant, you you know that when your feelings are hurt, you move away from that person. You don't want to see him. When they call you, you send them to voicemail or because you don't want them to, to know that you send them a voicemail, you just let it ring. Uh, this is, you, you may have a tendency to withdraw. Um, if you get amped up, and and so this is my ditch is I tend to escalate. And so when there's conflict, I smother a person. I'm not withdrawing. I'm moving towards you. I'm all over you. No, you're not going anywhere. You, let's just sit here. Let's talk about it. No, no, hold on. Stay here. Look at me. No, we're not. No. Okay. You know, and it just gets more amped up and I start talking faster and louder. That's escalation. Um, if I say, hey, I want to work through this. And you say, why do you hate me? <laughs> that's negative interpretation. Um, th- that's just like, hey, where one person is saying one thing and the person who's hurt because they're hurt, they're running it through a negative lens and they can't hear anything positive. And everything that you say is misunderstood because uh, of this negative interpretation lens. That's negative interpretation. And the last one is invalidation. And this is when, um, when you hear someone and they explain their hurt and they say, yeah, but you shouldn't be hurt or I don't understand or that doesn't make sense or yeah, but that's very invalidating. Yeah, but uh, just you, you sit there, you listen to what they're saying and you invalidate it. So that's, that's, the, that's the acronym weenie. Dude, that is gold. I mean, that is worth the, the podcast you listening right there. You may need to rewind and listen to that again because here's what I know. Every single person listening has a conflict style or a, a uh, sinful tendency, and it's likely to be either withdrawal, escalate, negative interpret, or invalidate. And not only that, but the person you are conflicting with, conflicting, conflicting with also has a, uh, a um, poor conflict style. And so you got to know that when someone's withdrawing, you can see that that's taking place. And, and I know in my own life, because I'm an escalator too, my wife can be a withdrawer. That further makes me escalate where I'm like, you're not going anywhere. We're resolving this right now. Yeah, she's and, a lucky woman. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. I tell her every day. And, uh, and so knowing that and, um, and being able to see that to give her time and space to process because she needs that and she's aware that, hey, I'm, I'm going to want to – I won't be okay until we move towards this and resolve it. So. And I, I, I completely stole that from A Lasting Promise. So just want to make sure I give credit to – that comes from the book A Lasting Promise. Uh, we changed the order to make it that acronym, but those, those points are straight from there. So what is the 24-hour rule? The 24-hour rule in Ephesians 4 just talks about don't let the sun set on your anger and um, – and so, you know, one thing that's just been practical uh, to, and helpful around here is this idea of the 24-hour rule. And so that's like if I come to you and I say, hey, David, uh, man, Elena is crazy. Like she stole my pen the other day and never returned it. And I can't believe she's wearing that crazy shirt. And, man, get that girl a brush so she can <laughs> brush her hair. <laughs> Harsh. You know, you're going to come and say, and say. I would respond with yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Preach. You're going to say, what are you going to say? I'm going to say, have you told her this? No, but David, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt Elena's feelings. I wouldn't tell her that. That would be hurtful. Okay, well, you've got 24 hours because what you're doing is is not only hurtful to her, it's hurtful to the church, it's hurtful to me, and it is uh, it's creating division. And so you have 24 hours, you need to go to her and share that. And so can you by tomorrow or within 24 hours go and share what you've shared with me? And, and really, you should let her know that you shared this with me. Can you do that? Oh, man, I, I, don't, I don't think so, David. I think that'd be really unloving and... Um... 
I don't. I just don't want to hurt her feelings. Okay. Well, I, I'm confident that you can. I believe in you, and um, and I really want to encourage you. And so, if you can't, and if you're telling me you won't, then I'm going to go as quickly as I can, and for sure, in the next 24 hours at least, and go tell her, and uh, and really try to bring all of us together and just share with her what you shared with me, so that we can together work through this. Because I know that that uh, is really what Christ calls us to, and you're. You're a person who wants to honor Christ. So that's the 24-hour rule. It's a commitment not to gossip. And so you just when you announce this uh, largely to the church and to the the area group of uh, under your influence or leadership, you just say, hey, we will not tolerate gossip here. And so if anybody comes to me with something about someone else that they haven't talked to them about, I'm going to say, hey, you need to go and tell that person. You have 24 hours to do so. And if you don't, within the next 24 hours, then I'm going to go tell them because it was unloving for you to come and tell me. And so sometimes this happens by way of venting. It's like, hey, David, I just want to bounce this off of you. Elena was a complete jerk the other day. Do you think I should, do you think I should talk to her about that? And it's just like, well, I just ascribe motive to her. I called her a jerk. And he's he would respond with, yes, you, you, you're you telling me absolutely you need to tell her. You just impacted my um, opinion of Elena. You just tainted my opinion. I'm going to leave here thinking negatively about Elena because of what you said. So you need to go tell her. Start by asking her forgiveness for telling me. And you've got 24 hours to do so. And if you don't, and I'm happy to go with you, and if you don't, you just need to know, I'm going to tell her because you've pulled me now into the problem. And so something we we say is, hey, only talk to the people who are part of the problem or part of the solution. And they're probably not a part of the solution if they haven't been involved. So only talk to people who are part of the problem or part of the solution and get them all in one room. So don't, don't go one off. Like if there's multiple people involved, you call one person and then you call the next person and then you call the next person and you call the next person. You call the meeting and you say, hey, we all need to meet here. We all need to get in this room and let's process this together so that we're all hearing the same data because this stuff is divisive. This is what tears churches apart. This is what tears families apart. This is what tears relationships apart. So you get a, the people who are part of the problem, you get them all in one room, talking, hearing the same things and processing it together. It's huge. I've heard you say something about gossip, but that's such a powerful line. And, and what this rule does to gossip, do you remember it? The 24-hour rule? Yeah. Uh, what it did at Watermark. Got rid of it. I don't. I don't know. It what made I said. gossip unsafe. Yeah, it, it makes the so. If you come to me and you say, "Hey, I just want to tell you this about Elena," and I say, "Well, I'm going to tell Elena," you're not coming to me next time. Yeah. It 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 makes me unsafe for gossip, right? And so the more you do that, yes, it makes gossip unsafe. That's so good, man. And Elena, you had something. Uh, two things. So one is I couldn't remember the question that JP said. Hey, make sure I answer that. You were saying a scenario about Kyle. Oh, I think you did. I think okay. you came back to, hey, how to handle that. Okay, cool. Um, the other thing was, so far I've heard you guys say a bunch about conflict and how it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing, and it should just always happen. But is there ever a time that you have maybe resolved conflict or tried to a bunch of times with one person, and it just keeps seeming to come up? Um, is there a good time that you just cut off that relationship or friendship or be like, hey, maybe we should just go our separate ways? No, I don't think so. I mean, especially now with a believer, because God is about unity. In this Ephesians four three says, "Be diligent in preserving the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace." Now, um, there is a time where you need to incorporate boundaries, right? And so, by not ending that friendship, um, it doesn't also mean that I have to continue to talk to them every day. I have to continue to see them every day. I need to be held hostage to their overbearing. Uh, nature or their control. And at the same time, I can just say, hey, 
I, I love you. I'm going to pray for you. Um, this is your expectation. Should be your expectation for me because we can't seem to get along about this topic. We're not going to talk about that topic, or because we can't get along in this environment, we're not going to be in that environment together. Or just take a relationship, for example. Right? Um, you know, it, not as you're dating someone and there's conflict. Uh, people say. You know, they come all the time like, hey, I'm dating my boyfriend and I, but we get in fights all the time. You know, what should we do? You should break up. That's what you should do because if you fight all the time now and you're going to fight all the time in marriage, man, there just may be a maturity issue there. There may be, uh, you know, just something that, um, that that just may be the Lord saying, hey, that's not who you need to spend the rest of your life with. You, but you need to run this process and start by asking, hey, is it me? Um, what is my 2% that I can own? What is the 100% of my X percent that I can own? And, you know, move through this. But the, it doesn't mean that you need to marry someone when we talk about always resolving conflict. And at the same time, it's not a bad thing if you have conflict in a relationship. Not at all. It's a bad thing if you don't, because it's shallow. Every relationship will be marked by conflict. Yep. It's good. Well, man, that's all that I got. I would just add, you know, there's... This is important. There's a there's a um, expediency, an urgency to this. Uh, in Matthew five, he says, "Leave your gift at the altar and run and be reconciled to your brother." He says, "I don't even want your worship. I don't want you to worship me until you've resolved your conflict. So don't sit on this. Like don't let it fester up. Don't be driving down the road." continuing to have imaginary conversations, those are great indicators that something's wrong and something needs to be resolved. And you need to do that today. Today, go to that person and tell them how they've hurt you and own 100% of your X percent. That's good, man. That's it. All All right. right, guys. Hey, thanks for being with us. Views from the Porch. We'll see you next week. Peace. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.